about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 42. Are we warming up yet? Let's hope so. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of having to wear two coats to every game I cover and to try to work a camera with gloves on. Let's talk about some positive, warm things first. The partnership with Northwestern Mutual has been a great one. Check out Northwestern Mutual right here in Springfield for all your financial needs. We have a few former athletes that we've covered on Channel 1450 working for them, even here in Springfield, and they're looking for summer interns for their work. So check out Northwestern Mutual on Facebook or their website. Now, let's get started with what I saw in the past week. Like I said, the Carhartt has gotten its fair share of work this spring. Last Thursday night, very cold afternoon in Auburn. The Pleasant Plains Cardinals traveled to Auburn for Sagamo baseball action. The freshman, Cooper Schallenberg, threw well, as did pitcher Luke Basifer. I was impressed with him and his ability to strike out quite a few Cardinals, but the Plains bats woke up late and they won the game. On Friday, got to see Pleasant Plains soccer again. This time against a non-conference opponent, Hillsborough came to town, and the Cardinals were in complete control of that one. The two freshmen they have in the middle, Kendall Sims and Ella Wilcoxon, are very impressive. They've got a great team out in Pleasant Plains. On Saturday, saw the Auburn baseball team again, this time against Springfield High. The Senators hosting the Trojans at Lincoln Land last Saturday. The Senators looked pretty solid in a 15-5 win over the Trojans. On Monday, back to some soccer. It was Rochester at Springfield, and like I said to Chad Kutcher when I got there, I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. The Rockets have had a light schedule so far this season. They were able to handle business against the Senators. Rochester got a 5-1 CS8 win. Maggie Gluckler is a really, really good scorer, and if you don't mark her in the middle, she's going to make you pay one way or another. On Tuesday, got my first look at the undefeated Moreau Forsyth Trojan baseball team, and let me tell you, they are very, very good. Jackson Grubbs is a great pitcher, a big, tall, strong, commanding on the mound type of guy. The offense took advantage of what Plains gave them, and the Trojans will be a problem in the Sagamo and in 2A in the postseason. I feel like their offensive lineup as well is tough. They, they have tough at-bats all throughout, and the pitching staff is clearly solid with multiple guys who can shut down opponents. Didn't even talk about Caden Maurer, and he's one of the definitely one of their go-to guys as well. What else happened on Tuesday? Well, in CS8 action, the SHG Cyclones got a big win powered by their ace, Mitch Dye, and they're in a great position now as they go back to the turf on Thursday where they are a tough team to beat regardless because they just played differently on that turf. Chatham beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville on Tuesday in a high-scoring affair. Now let's talk about what's coming up. On Thursday, we'll get Springfield at SHG Baseball, like I just said. Possibly Jacksonville at Glenwood Baseball. Then there's a lot of good Sagamo games. New Berlin at Moreau, Forsyth, Williamsville at Auburn, and Plains at Porta. All these Sagamo games are baseball and softball as well. On Friday, Moreau Forsyth travels to Tri-City for softball. Quincy Notre Dame is at Glenwood for softball. And Pleasant Plains is at Auburn for Sagamo soccer. On Saturday, there's a big track meet at Lanfear. Check that out. And Lincoln Land Baseball is at home for a doubleheader on Saturday. We'll get to more about the loggers in a minute. Let's talk about Monday, the day after Easter. Happy Easter to everyone listening. Now, let's talk about what's going on Monday. Bloomington Central Catholic is at Pleasant Plains Soccer. Quincy Notre Dame is at Sacred Heart Griffin for softball. Pawnee Baseball and Softball is at Pleasant Plains. There's a pretty good quad track meet out in Rochester for the boys. The girls is on Wednesday. On Tuesday next week, what's going on? What are the best games? Jacksonville is at SHG for baseball. Moreau Forsyth is at Williamsville for softball and baseball. And in CS8 soccer action, we've got two good ones. Glenwood is at SHG, and then Normal U-High is at Rochester in the nightcap. 
on Wednesday, it's SHG at Jacksonville Baseball, North Mac at Tri-City Softball, and there's a Rochester Girls Track Quad like I talked about. That's what's coming up and what the best games are in the next seven days. We talked about Lincoln Land hosting on Saturday. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Loggers baseball team. Fresh off a four-game sweep of Illinois Central College last weekend, the Loggers are 22-8 and this season and 14-2 in conference play, riding a nine-game winning streak. They're 7-0 at home this season, and they'll be at Danville Community College on Friday for a doubleheader before hosting the Jaguars on Saturday for a doubleheader starting at 1 p.m. Leading the team in average this season is New Berlin graduate Zach Brewer at 417. Leading the team in home runs this season is Drew Ezard. And leading the team in RBIs with 32 is Rochester graduate Jaden Myron. The logger shortstop joins me this week as the guest to talk about his career, his commitment to Southern Illinois University to play for the Salukis next season, and plenty more. Here is Jaden Myron. All right, I'd like to welcome in Lincoln Land's Jaden Myron to the podcast this week. Uh, Jaden, we're sitting out here at Lincoln Land looking at this baseball field. So let's just start there. What does it feel like to know that this is your last season in a loggers uniform? Uh, it's pretty it's pretty surreal to even think that I'm already a sophomore in college and that I'm going off to play at another college after here. And It's definitely a special season for me. Uh, a, lot, a lot of goals that we have and a lot of work we have to do, but I think it's going to be a pretty special season come towards the end of the year. How many hours a week would you say you spend here? Uh, a lot, I'd say. During the season and then in the off season, we'll go with both. During the season, I'd say per day, probably, I'd say four hours at, at the minimum. Yeah. And then, so, we'll say 20 hours a week, probably, or way more than that, honestly. And then off season, we're here probably just as much, maybe more time in the weight room. And even a lot of time not here doing extra work outside of here so it's a busy busy life playing in college for sure especially a place like this two years ago at this time well i guess not two years ago three years ago at this time if i would have said you know you'd you'd be a sophomore here at lincoln land and you guys would be in the position you're in as a team and you as a person i mean would you believe that what how far have you come and how far has things changed honestly coming out of high school I don't know if I would have believed you because obviously every kid out of high school has that dream to go D1 and even furthermore the draft but um, looking back now honestly it's it's been always my goal to prove people wrong and I know that I've proved a lot of people wrong and definitely proved myself wrong in a lot of ways so I'd say yeah you were definitely right when we talked so when, when you have that conversation with yourself in high school not only are you an 18 year old kid who has like you said dreams of major league baseball um, and it's not like it's crazy to say that coming from the CSA conference where you see it almost every year which is crazy to think as well that somebody gets drafted or somebody's playing or there's multiple dudes from the CSA in major league baseball um so how hard is it for an 18-year-old to say, I have to take this path. I have to go the route that people who don't understand it think that it's a step down. Yeah, so that was definitely, a, I wouldn't say a tough decision for me because I didn't have a lot of you know opportunities out of high school, but it was 
obviously not what I wanted as a kid growing up, a dream to not go straight to D1 out of high school. But once I got here, I instantly knew that, you know, it, it humbled me, honestly. It, it makes you realize that there's a lot more baseball out there, a lot a lot better people than you. And going to a place like Lincoln Land, it's a major eye-opening moment. It definitely is not a step down. Um, as you can see today, there's a lot more kids that are taking the JUCO route. And in my opinion, it is the best route now. I mean, it, it helps you develop continuously. I mean, a lot of people say it's, you know, just like two more years of high school, but at the same time, you're developing as a person more than just a player, and you're more so getting ready for the world. So, yeah, I think the JUCO route is definitely the way to go. It's Times are changing. Um, definitely a lot more kids doing it nowadays. Mentally, how hard was it for you to accept that as an 18-year-old, just knowing, okay, I have to now put in the work. Um, this is this is a step, but it's a step that I need to take. Uh, it was, you know, it, it it was it was hard to stomach mentally, but um, I just believed in myself and believed that this was the path that I had to take to do what I wanted to do. And if I if I didn't take this path, then who knows where I'd be? Who knows if I'd still be playing baseball? Who knows, you know, if I'd be in the position I am now? Who knows? So. I think the best thing that I did during that time was just, you know, believe in it, even though it wasn't the initial dream, believe in it, and everything will work out. What does the coaching staff here tell you when they want you to come here? Um, they, they really, they said they saw things in me, and they definitely wanted to help me become the player that I am, and I just remember from the beginning they said, we can see you being, you know, one of those D1 guys, we can see you being one of those guys, so... Coming here, I think that's a huge step for you. Obviously, our weight room, our lifting program help you put on a lot of muscle, a lot of weight, which is obviously what I needed to do during that time. And, yeah, they they believed in me from, from the beginning. So you commit, you say you're coming here, you get here. At what point did you understand the work that it was going to take to make sure that you achieved your next goal? Um, I knew probably, honestly, the first practice that – I was going to have to do everything that it took to achieve that next goal, and that's all I've done ever since is put in as much work as I can here and outside of here. So you kind of said it a little bit earlier, but when people say, oh, Lincoln Land's just two, other, two more years of high school, when you play in the CSA, you're playing against definitely college-level talent, but at the same time, explain the jump for people who don't understand. What is the difference? I mean, it's real... It's real hard for people to understand that are in high school, but, I mean, if you go, say, come watch Lincoln Land play and then go watch a high school game, you can just see the amount of baseball IQ difference and just development of players. Like, high school, you would just basically show up, go out there, practice for an hour and a half, maybe two hours, then, you know, show up to your Tuesday, Wednesday game, and then play a seven, and then you're done. But here, every weekend, we're playing four games and a lot of times a midweek or two and it's just more baseball it's the coaching is a lot different it's you know more in depth about what you need it's more of you're doing this because you need to do this to do that you are it's it's steps it's not like okay I'm going to come here and immediately figure out everything that I need to do and get better positionally hitting wise everything there's just so many more things to the game in college, especially at Lincoln Land, than compared to high school. 
how much more did you learn about baseball that you didn't know you could learn? A ridiculous amount. <laughs> Coming here, I thought that I mean I knew the game pretty well, and I found out pretty quick that I I really did not have the knowledge of the game that I thought. It was a huge eye opener. I mean, I came here the first fall I was here when I was a freshman, and we were doing situations out there on the field, and I was messing up left and right. You know, real upset, real mad, just didn't realize that there was that much more of the game to learn and I mean I'm still learning even more while I'm here as a sophomore than I did as a freshman there's just there's so many things to learn I mean one thing my dad always told me was when I was a kid uh, even today he still learns new things about baseball there's always something to learn and obviously from high school to college it's 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 a huge jump in baseball IQ was there a point in your freshman season where you realized, okay, this is the extra stuff that I have to do to get to that next level, or I can go the other way and not get it done? Because you kind of have to see that writing on the wall. Yeah, so in the beginning of my freshman season in the spring, well, actually, let's bounce back to the fall. The fall of my freshman year, I had one of the worst hitting seasons I have ever had. I, I don't even know if I hit 200. So going into that off season, I knew what I had to do to make it to that next step that I wanted to be compared to what I was in the fall. So then come into the spring season, the first the first week or two, maybe even three weeks, I still struggled. It's just a lot of mental stuff at the plate. And from that point on, I mean, I was three times a week in, in the local hitting center just working on the mental things that I need to, to think about and work on, not only in the cage, but in the game. And I mean, that, that turned around my freshman season real fast. I went on a pretty good hot streak, and it was definitely one of the best decisions I've ever made to make that change and put in even more work, and I'm glad I did. How much of having success in baseball is mental? Uh, it's, it's A lot of people say that baseball is half mental or 60% mental. I think baseball is 90% mental, and the other 10% is physical and I mean you look at baseball now it used to be about you know size and height and weight but baseball's changing now and I mean to be a good baseball player you have to be the most consistent player on the planet so I'd say yeah baseball is 90% mental in my opinion you can talk about size you look I mean there's always that picture that they show of Jose Altuve and Aaron Judge and it's like you can't tell me that there's a, a math um, equation that shows you a good baseball player when they're, they're like two feet different. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous the, the way the game is changing. I mean, I've always believed it. I mean, I come from a family of really tall people, and I didn't. I'm most likely going to be the shortest out of all my <laughs> brothers. They're all already passing me up. But I always knew as a kid that I most likely was going to be, you know, not that size that D1 guys or D1 scouts want or even pro scouts want, but. I always just thought about that and realized that I, I could be I could be really good not being the biggest size or biggest weight or whatever. I mean, it all comes down to mental and how much work you actually put in. At what age did you fall in love with baseball? Uh, so I started baseball when I was around five or six, and I mean, I at that time I just did it because I was put into the sport by my parents and my dad. 
I always looked up to my dad because he was a really good baseball player. Um, and then my dad started coaching me and a lot of my friends when I was eight, I believe, outdoor, we used to play indoor, but when I was eight, my dad started coaching a team and he coached it all the way through 12U. And I'd say those years were the time that I fell in love with baseball. And I, I feel like every year I fall in love with it more because there's so much more to know about the game. And I mean, I learned from a lot of stuff, even on bad days, days where I'll go 0 for 5 or 0 for 6 with four strikeouts. There's there's a lot that I learn even on those days. So I'd say 8, eight to 12 in that year range, that's about when I fell in love with baseball. And at what age did you kind of settle into a position that you kind of wanted to pursue? You mean positionally? like Yeah. Um, ever since I was a young kid watching Derek Cheater, I always wanted to be a shortstop. So that's I've always wanted to play shortstop at every level that I possibly could, and that's that's where I want to be. But who knows? Maybe maybe I'll get moved to second base. Maybe I'll get moved to third base outfield. At this point, it doesn't really matter as long as I can continue to make jumps to the next level. But yeah, about I'd say eight years old, seven years old. That's when I realized, yeah, I want to be a shortstop and be like Derek Jeter. Um, we saw you play football in high school. Obviously, you were pretty good at that. At Rochester, that's not easy to do. Um, was that more of a, this is what you do when you, you're in Rochester, or was that, um, I want to be a multi-sport athlete? Um, it's, it's, it's a little bit of both. Um, growing up, obviously, I started, started football at the youngest age that I possibly could. And obviously, at that young age, you grow up watching Rochester football do what Rochester football does. So you dream of of doing that aspect so coming into high school yeah I'd say it was a little bit of both it's something that I always did I, I knew that it was going to be something that I didn't continue after high school so I use it as it, it really helped me athletically helped me become a better athlete and with coach Leonard and all the other coaches there they really developed me as a young man at that time and rocket football is definitely one of the best things that ever happened to me uh it was pretty cool. Definitely a cool experience playing for Rocket Football. What do you learn as an athlete playing in the Rocket Football program? Uh, I mean, you learn at uh, being an athlete there that, like I said about baseball, size doesn't matter. I mean, my senior year we had two of the smallest middle linebackers Rochester's probably ever had. And, uh, yeah, they teach you, you know, being a good a good person, uh not only will lead to being a good person in this world, but being a good athlete. A lot of times if you're, you know, bad teammate or uh, bad sportsmanship, it, it can end up coming back and biting you. And that was one of the biggest things that they taught me and taught all my friends that we all grew up playing together. I think that we're all, all different men now that we've gone through Rocket Football and Derek Leonard and Coach Beaker and Coach Nelson and Coach Clark, all those coaches. It's it was definitely a life-changing thing. It's something that I, I sit around all the time. Every time that a football highlight or anything comes up about football, I just get the chills and get, get tears in my eyes thinking back on Rocket Football, wishing that I could do it one more time. What would you say was the biggest perk of being a Rocket Football player? Uh, it was, I mean, all the fans. I mean, up here there's not a lot of fans like that. 
in any high school sport. I mean, obviously down in Texas, it's different. They view football differently, but the fan base in Rochester was pretty cool having having little kids coming up and asking for your autograph after winning state. I mean, that's that's one of the coolest things ever. And on top of that, it's even cooler because I was that same kid. And it's cool that kids are the same way today as they were when I was a kid. So I'd say that was definitely a big perk of that. That was pretty cool. Uh, I feel like we kind of talk about it every year going into the football season when the expectations in Rochester are you win that state ring or it's considered a disappointment. How do you how do you guys deal with that looking back at it now knowing I mean that's an immense amount of pressure for 16, 17 year old kids? So from the get go, from the start of Rocket football season, June first, whatever the day is now, when I when I played it was June first was the first day of practice. Every time we broke broke practice or anything, we broke to state champs. And it, and I never, we never felt pressure because, for a couple reasons, we knew we were good. We had Coach Leonard and all the other coaches. We had, you know, years past they had done it, so it wasn't like it was a new thing. Um, so, looking back, I don't, I don't ever really remember any pressure of of completing that goal and that challenge. Um, I just feel like as a kid, that's something that I always knew I was going to do is. Me and my my best friends, all of us win a state title, so that it did. We didn't feel much pressure in that aspect. How would you compare a football locker room to a baseball locker room? Um, you know, it first at the high school level, then at the college level. Uh, obviously, high school locker room. You can't really goof around too much. Obviously, you're in high school. Uh, I wouldn't say it's much different, though. Uh, in high school, obviously, football games, before football games, after, we just blast the speaker and be real loud and be super hyped up. But I'd say the biggest difference is coming into baseball, uh, we play more games in baseball, which means every time we're in the locker room, it's, it's more of just a business trip, being down there, getting changed, going out there, and going to the next thing. Rocket football or any football, you play one game a week. You it's play, yeah. it's it's an event. So like when that's over, you have a whole week, you know, to be excited about it. Practice back up for the next game. College baseball locker room, you go in there, get your stuff on for practice, or you go in there, get your stuff on for you know, four games in a weekend, whatever. So I'd say that's the biggest difference. What about the JUCO bond that everyone talks about? Uh, it's yeah, it's. I I never understood it, obviously, before I was here. No one really does, but it's 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 like a brotherhood. It's These guys are your family. Not only are you here every day, but you're here fighting to accomplish that next goal of, you know, playing baseball after here or playing baseball after that. And we all... We all know that we have to work together to get to what we want to do. It's not an individual thing. That's why being a JUCO bandit is, it's a lot different because other schools or, you know, other divisions or anything, a lot of guys have to play with for themselves. But here we do everything with each other and for each other. I mean, this field right here, we all put together by ourselves with each other. We take the tarp off, we put the tarp on, we, we take care of this field and take care of the cages, everything. Pick up the trash around Lincoln Land, we do everything together and I think that's the biggest bond between us and not only do we hang out here we hang out outside of here so 
I'd say that, yeah, that's that's a pretty big problem to have. It's definitely something that we'll never forget. Because <laughs> I think it's fair to say, and this this is obviously true at Lincoln Land, I think, um, but the guys who come here, like, you were one of the top three players on your high school team. A lot of the Glenwood kids were top five players on their high school team. When you come here, you like you said, you have to make that sacrifice to not only further the goal for the team, but for yourself. Is that kind of a humbling thing that you have to learn how to do? Yeah, it's very humbling, especially the fact that all of us CSA guys on the team Many may not know this, but all of us were rivals at one point, and we didn't like each other just because we were on opposite teams and we were fighting for for wins and for the conference title and a lot of time regional title, sectional regional title, title <laughs> sectional title. Yeah, Chatham, we fought them every year for it, and unfortunately, we never turned out on top. And I think, you know, my first week here in the fall, between me and some of the guys, we still had that that slight hatred for each other but over time it, it made us even closer than we ever would have thought we would have been yeah um, it's just major humbling experience in that aspect of you know we were rivals once before but now we have to be a team and not only do we have to but we want to we want to be friends we want to you know help each other we want everybody on the team you know to have a high average or play every position on the field or hit home runs so that's definitely a humbling experience. If you look at the case last year, the infield alone was you and I think three Titans. How do you like? There's no, there's no choice but to throw away that rivalry when if it doesn't work between you and Jake, it's not going to work for the whole team. Yeah, that that was that was definitely uh, pretty cool. But also, like looking back in high school, if someone would have told me, yeah, you and Jake Curtis and. All the other Titans on the team would have been really close friends and even considered brothers. I would have just laughed at you and said, shut up, You're, what are you talking about? But yeah, it's crazy. Me and Curtis, I mean, a lot of people know from this area, me and Curtis had had a lot of beef and we, we didn't like each other at all. And look at us now, I mean, we're, we're really close. We, we talk every day, we talk about our swing, we talk about everything with each other. And I just think that's one of the most amazing things that's ever happened in my baseball career coming together with my biggest known rival my entire childhood growing up through high school and now one of my best friends and one of my favorite teammates I ever got to play with. I think the only rivalry left between you two is how many home runs you can hit. Yeah. And even if he were to hit 40 home runs this year, you'd be pretty happy about that. Yeah, I'd be pretty happy. I mean, even last year he won... Player of the Year, uh, Dick Dalbert, Player of the Year. I mean, I was I was really happy for him, especially with how far he's come as a player. I mean, he could tell you if he was if someone told him in high school or whenever before here that he would win, you know, two Player of the Years and Tournament MVP and all that, hit 12 home runs, hit over 400. He probably been like, mm, I don't know about that, but I'm definitely proud of him, and that's. That's pretty cool that I can see my teammate do those things. How much of a chemistry do the middle infielders have to have to, and have, it's, to have success? It's it's a pretty it's got to be a pretty tight bond. I mean, last year me and Curtis had to communicate a lot just because we were getting to know each other with how we play with each other. But this year our communication is we don't even have to communicate because we just know 
who's going to be where at what time. Who's? I mean, we don't even have to communicate anymore who's covering the bag on a steal because we just know who's got what. I mean, yesterday I made a play in the hole. It was it was a chopper, and I played it on the run, and there was a runner at second. And he took a couple shuffles off the bag like he was going to go to third, and he didn't. And I came up like I was going to throw to first, and without even looking, I just threw it over second because I knew he was going to be there, and we got the guy second. So it's it's just one of those things that's – you have to know each other and how each other play. And that may take a year, five years. It may never, ever work. It, it just has to be two specific people to have, you know, very similar minds and have a really close bond. For the, the JUCO aspect of things, I mean, we talked about Rochester, Glenwood, but, I mean, there's also kids from Auburn. There's kids from North Mac all over this area, kids from not even this area that come in and I feel like there's there's really not a team dynamic quite like what this Lakeland baseball team has. How do you guys kind of incorporate so many people, so many different personalities, but at the same time, I mean, it just seems like you guys are always with each other off the field, on the field, no matter what. Yeah, so, I mean, everybody on this team's different. I mean, some guys... Baseball players are weird. So. Yeah, there, there's a lot of... We got a lot of weird, weird guys, and I mean... That's okay. I mean, we love them all. And, I mean, last year we had a lot of characters. I mean, we call it a character fest here at Lincoln Land because you never know what you're going to get. There's got a lot of funny guys, a lot of different type of people. So, I mean, that's the crazy thing. You look at us individually and be like, how how does this person play with this person and, you know, agree with this person on certain things? It's just it's pretty amazing how we're able to come together in a team as a team in that aspect. What is the dynamic like for you guys as a team off the field during the season? I mean, is there times where, I mean, you guys are always together all the time? Yeah, I mean, there will be times where we're with each other for weeks at a time. I mean, we're with each other until we go to sleep and then wake up, and we're with each other again, I mean, all day long, every day. It's It's been like that for about a week now, and I'm sure it'll it'll carry on just like last year for the next maybe even month or two, hopefully. Hopefully we make it to that end goal of playing and eat it again, and it'll be it'll be just like that with each other every day, you know, until we go to sleep and wake up, and then we're with each other all over again. For the guys who aren't starters at a JUCO, how does how do you guys keep them motivated to make sure? Because one play can change the dynamic of a playoff run, a tournament, to where you need a guy who hasn't played. How do you make sure to keep? the entire team focused on the goal when if a guy isn't playing all year he could just be like screw this man like this is pointless so the biggest thing with that is I mean everybody gets equal amount of work in terms of you know say a guy like Curtis doesn't get you know extra swings compared to somebody that doesn't play as much it's it's all equal and we're all we're all treated as equals and we're all we all are practicing and putting an extra work together as in we're all the same people and I think that's the people that don't play I mean they are the best teammates in the world and not only do they stay in the game the entire time but they keep our dugout alive and I think that's that's absolutely huge for a baseball team during a game and even off the field I mean to have guys like that 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 don't get to play but still love the game and love showing up and love putting in the work. It's it's pretty amazing. During the game, say it's a Sunday, it's the second game of that doubleheader, fourth game of the series, it's 
a 5-4 game and say you, you've went over 5 that day, you still have to have people telling you that, I mean, you still have to have people cheering for you in that, in that dugout. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's another really good quality of our team here at Lincoln Land. There, it's, like I said last year after we won the regional, uh, a lot of positivity in our dugout. I, there has not been, you know, any negativity in terms of people not liking each other or uh, disagreements. We had some last year, but they were minor. But that's that's a huge thing. I mean, if you've got guys that don't like each other and are bad teammates, when they, especially when they're not playing, that's that just changes the aesthetic of, of a good team and even winning games in a spot, like you said. You know, last inning, fourth game of the day, uh, or fourth game of the series on Sunday, down down one run, whatever. Yeah, it's it's huge to have guys like that 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 are still keeping people up and ready when their name's called. Because yesterday, one of my best best friends didn't play at all. The whole I don't know if he played during the series at all, and I think it was we needed one run to run rule. I see. I see. We needed one run to run to IC yesterday. And runner on third, out of nowhere, Logan Sapp steps into the box. He had, he had no idea he was going in until the, the hitter in front of him had a 1 0 count. And he only had, you know, a minute or so to get ready on deck. And he was in the box and, you know, the biggest spot of the series. And he got to a 2 0 count real quick and got a fastball and put one off the left field wall. And we walked it off. And, Moments like that. It's a good birthday weekend. For yeah, him, it's huh? a great birthday weekend for him. He, uh, he was. We were all pretty excited about that. But especially when guys that don't get in much get in and do something, something at all, or even something like that. That's that's huge. And got to be great teammates to everybody. And we're we're really good at that here. What's Riggle's best quality? Um, he's he's a great leader. Uh, in terms of you know making sure we're on top of our things, we're we're ready to go, we're prepared. Um, he's got you know great leadership at, before every game. He gives us great pep talk um, after pregame. You know every inning he'll you know say something that you know let's let's do this instead of this. Let's you know let's be better. And having a coach like that is is. You know, very important for players, especially that want to develop and get better. That don't just want to coast under the radar, or you know, be that same player for the rest of their lives. So he's he's a he's a great leader, and he keeps people on top of their things and keeps people in line. That's for sure. For a guy to be able to baseball-wise do what he does, but also like you talked about earlier with recruiting, bringing in you and Jake and saying you guys are going to do this. Um, how does how does he how does he do that with so many different like you said so many different characters in that dugout? Man, I I really don't know. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you during the. I don't know if he knew about the beef. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But if he did, I mean, he had to have seen had a vision and realized these two can do really great things together. Or even if he didn't know, I mean, there's still that rivalry of Chatham coming to Chatham and Rochester coming together. So. I don't know what he really thought there, but obviously it worked out, whatever he thought, and it ended up being successful. 
Scale of one to ten, how confident were you guys going to Oklahoma last year? Uh, we were on top of the world. I mean, we were the most confident, confident team you could think of. And then to go out there and get beat the first game was a huge slap in the face. And then obviously game two, go out there and get run rolled. I mean, that we didn't think in a million years that could ever happen. We really believed going into Enid we were going to walk away with a ring, and it didn't happen. So I mean, that just fueled the fire, and we're hungry for for it again and we want to go back for the last year that you know all of us sophomores and even third year guys are here um, we still have that same confidence I, I really believe that we can go back and compete for a ring so there's no lack of confidence or uh, pressure or anything like that we we wanted it all and we thought we could have it all and we just got beat how much of that was baseball how much of that was just bad luck I mean what what do you think it um, was Game one, I'd say we kind of beat ourselves. and I'd say both games we beat ourselves, but game two, it was just like a huge slap in the face. Like I wouldn't say we weren't prepared or anything, but I'd say, I mean, we just got our eyes open to a whole other ability of a team. <laughs> I mean, that team, that team, you couldn't throw a pitch in the zone, and if even if it wasn't in the zone, they were fouling it off until they got a strike and they would hammer it wherever on the field. So I, I would like to say that we beat ourselves both games, but a lot of people would disagree and say that we just weren't good enough. But, I mean, I'll always say it till the day that I die that <clears throat> that that those two games in Enid, we beat ourselves. How did you guys respond to that? When you got back here, could you tell who was bought in for next year and who wasn't? Yeah, definitely. You could tell. I mean, right right as we lost the game and everybody was upset and, you know, just completely shocked of what happened, you could just tell who was hungry immediately and it was coming back. And I mean, a lot of our guys, we were lifting the day we got back in the weight room and the day after and the day after that. So ever since then, we've had a lot of hungry guys that, that ended up coming back this year. Does that put pressure on you guys that, I mean, it is baseball and one game can throw this whole dream out the window? I wouldn't say so. Uh, we have a lot of confidence within this team. I mean, a lot of guys are really confident within themselves, and that's that's huge for a team to have confidence. I mean, not only in baseball do you have to have a good mental state and be mentally strong and be physical and all those other things, but you also have to be confident. You have to know that you're good. You have to know that you play on a good team, that you know you can do whatever it takes to be that guy on that team. So I wouldn't say there's any pressure in that aspect. Some guys may say differently, but I would say we're pretty confident in ourselves again this year and there's not much pressure. What's the biggest thing that you, that you work on yourself in season? Um, I just try to stay simple and make sure that I'm locked in on you know a select few things, especially at the plate. Like if you go out there thinking about oh I need to do this, 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 and this, you'll never accomplish any of those things. So the things that I've learned over the last couple of years is you need to focus on one or maybe even two things, and it'll make it a lot easier for you. Uh, I, I really just try to focus on staying simple and staying within myself and not trying to do too much because that's that's when I find myself 
in trouble at the plate is when I try to do too much or I try to think too much. What's a better feeling, hitting a home run or scoring a touchdown? Oh, that's a good question. It depends on when the home run is hit and when the touchdown is scored. Okay. I mean, I'd say. Okay. Um, let's just say best case scenario for both. Like you win the game with both. Oh, I don't know. That that pick six against Chad in my senior year was probably <laughs> one of the coolest moments of my my athletic career ever. But I mean. If I were to, you know, hit a walk up, say a walk off home run in the World Series to win it all, I'd say that'd probably be better, just because baseball is my sport. But it's a close second with scoring a touchdown, especially in a situation like I did against Chatham. That was. So that, maybe that was we can pretty... revisit this in a couple months and say, all right, that was definitely better. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, what the? I know you spend plenty of time here. You spend plenty of time. Um, working on your craft, what do you do outside of baseball to, to kind of free your mind? Um, yeah, so I'm I'm a big outdoorsman. I like, you know, doing everything outside that I possibly can. Like, my favorite thing to do in the world is go hunt. Go hunt deer. Uh, over the last couple of years, I began hunting ducks and geese and, you know, rabbits, everything else, but even even fishing in the spring, but that, that's, that's the best way that I've found to free my mind and even the coaches here know that. Like that's the best thing that I can do to free my mind, and I do a lot of it in the fall, especially. So that that's that's one of the biggest things. But times like this, I, there's not much time away from baseball that I can do to free my mind. But if I were, if I did have time to free my mind, I'd probably go fishing or hunting. Uh, is there any correlation that you can find to? Um I mean, being in the woods by yourself, waiting for that deer, and walking to that plate by yourself when you know it's just you. Yeah, I, I definitely say there's there's a pretty good correlation there. Uh, it it honestly is a similar feeling. Like you're in the woods completely by yourself. You know, it's all up to you whether you can make the shot or not. And, uh, taking your opportunity when it's there, not missing your opportunity goes right along with baseball you're walking up to the plate by yourself no one out there holding your hand or helping you and you can't miss your pitch or you know miss your opportunity you have to jump on everything you possibly can so I'd say there's a really good correlation there at least in my mind and the way I look at things all right I want to get back to the beginning of our conversation to kind of wrap this up um talking about the next step for you um if you don't mind sharing the story of when you reached out to me after you committed, what was that moment like, and what do you remember from that? From when I committed recently? Yes. So, yeah, that, that was that's a pretty cool story, and I, I don't know if anybody, I don't know if I've even told anybody, but so when I committed this past fall, I texted DP over here and said, man, you won't believe this, but... Back in high school when I committed to Lincoln Land, I had texted you saying, you know, I, I was just upset with myself that I didn't fulfill my goal and being a Division One player right out of high school. And you had told me that, you know what, I believe you're going to be there. Keep pushing. Don't give up. Uh, I, I think you're going to get there. So then come the time that I committed this, this past fall, I texted him again saying that I committed, and I scrolled up through our texts. And remembered that, and that was that was a pretty bittersweet moment to see that, and see that 
that people believe in you that, you know, have only watched you play a sport for, you know, three or four years in high school. So that, that, that was definitely a cool moment. And I was actually looking at that today. It was a pretty cool moment. What's that call like when they, they call you and say, this is the offer, we want you to come? It's All you have to do is say yes, and you are a Division One baseball player. And that, that was one of the coolest moments ever. It's through a lot of hard times and tough baseball seasons. There was, you know, times where I was like, man, I, I don't – maybe this – maybe I won't be able to make it. Maybe – what if I – what if I don't? What if I can't? But hearing that and just it was it was just a huge eye opener. Like wow, all the work paid off. You know, believing in myself, having other people believe in you was so important to get to this moment. And hearing those words over the phone and on the visit. I mean, everything. It was it was one of the coolest experiences ever to to be able to say, yeah, I'm going to play Division One baseball. So that step is complete. Now you have to keep going. What is the goal next? What? I mean, if you say it, then it's out there. It's it's in existence, and that's what you're going for. So yeah, uh, I mean, like every kid's dream, they want to go, you know, play Division One baseball, and after that, they want to, you know, get drafted. And that's a dream that I've had ever since I was a kid. And I know it's a dream that my dad had when he played growing up, and my uncles and. It's a dream that a lot of people have, and and now that I'm getting closer to that moment where that dream could become a reality, if it does, that you know, all these years of working have to continue and put even more work in. So, yeah, I want to continue and get drafted and play at the highest level baseball that I possibly can, and you know, fulfill my dream that I've always had and that my dad had that he wasn't able to. To finish out, so my dream is, you know, get drafted after one year at Carbondale. Is Carbondale just becoming Rochester South? I mean, <laughs> it must be baseball, yeah. football. It's yeah. just everybody's comfortable there, right? Yeah, it's 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 a really comfortable place. I mean, I've I only went down there the one time for the visit, and I was like, this this is home. Like, and on top of that, I've got you know. Rochester friends down there, Rochester athletes, you know, Ben Chapman, Nick Baker. I mean, those, those two were my idols growing up. I looked up to them growing up playing, and that's probably one of the coolest things ever that I'm going to be playing a Division One sport at the same school that they're both playing, and I actually get to play with one of them. And I remember saying years ago that when me and Ben were done playing with each other in high school, I said, man, we're going we're gonna to play with each other again someday. And who knows where that'll be or what level it'll be at, but I think we're gonna play together again someday. And now it could become a reality if he doesn't end up getting drafted. So that that's pretty cool that I'm getting to go to a school where both of my childhood heroes are going. Pretty awesome, dude. Uh, I love the love the story, love the journey that you've been on, and uh, to say proud. Is, is to say definitely something about it because, um, like you said, it, it takes a lot of work, a lot of effort, and just a lot of time. Um, so I appreciate your time today. Thanks for talking. Hopefully we can talk again after you guys return home from Oklahoma. And uh, moving forward, best of luck and, and just keep working. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I thank you and 1450 for everything you guys have done for 
us athletes over the years. I mean, it's it's pretty cool what you guys have done for us and all the video and all the highlights and everything. That's uh, I, that that really changed high school sports around here, and I hope that it'll continue and kids will continue to feel the same way that I do and a lot of my friends do about fourteen fifty that. You guys do a lot for us, and we owe you guys a lot of thanks. So thank you. Thanks, man. Thanks to Jaden Myron for his time. Always great to catch up. And as you could tell from that special story he shared there at the end, it's really cool to have such a close relationship with area players. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Northwestern Mutual. Happy Easter to everyone. He is risen. He is risen.